Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. We've got a show I think will be helpful to many people that are parenting teens, grandparents with teens, and probably teens themselves. So I do hope you'll stay tuned for the next 30 minutes as we're going to go ahead and share some tips for parenting teens. Uh, If you have any adoption questions or comments about the show and suggestions, uh, feel free to email me at info at letstalkadoption.com. Also visit our website at letstalkadoption.com for our weekly show updates and reminders. Today our guest and speaker um, is going to be with us as Brenda Nixon. Brenda has been with us before on some topics regarding parenting. She's well known for extensive knowledge in parent behavior, child behavior, sometimes parent behavior too, and parenting issues. And she has many books out, articles, and she has actually on her site some freebie articles. We're going to tell you where you can pick those up regarding um, parenting teens too. She has written on this topic, and we're happy to have her back on Let's Talk Adoption. Welcome, Brenda, to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here, Marty. Well, we have got so much to cover, and I know, I believe as an expert, um, you know, your advice is going to help our listeners understand and communicate better, you know, with their teens, whether they're grandchildren, their own children, foster parents, um, or or teens themselves. Um, You know, you have some data I know you shared with me, and one of the reasons we had decided on the show was because you had shared some data about how the brain of a teenager is really different than the brains of adults. I mean, they, they sometimes look, they're taller than us and they're bigger than us. But what are researchers, researchers telling us about, you know, how that brain in a teenager is different than in a complete adult? It is so interesting, some of the research that's coming to light. But scientists now know that 95% of the human brain has developed by the age of six. Mm-hmm. But beyond the age of six, they tell us that the greatest spurts of growth after that age occurs during adolescence. Hmm. And when the adolescent brains are studied through a magnetic um, imaging, you know, an MRI, mm-hmm. scientists can actually see that they work differently than adult brains. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So what, when did the brain stop growing then or changing? That um... Usually around late adolescence and maybe even early 20s mm-hmm. is when it's fully mature. Right. So and that's that's important for us that are, you know, are really parenting teens too. Are there are there a difference between boys and girls as far as uh, syndromes and illnesses? And Absolutely. It's, it's fascinating. But there was a neuroscientist at the uh, National Institute of Mental Health that said almost everything in childhood is more common in boys, mm-hmm. like autism, dyslexia, learning disability, um, ADD, Tourette's syndrome, these are all more common in boys. Really? The only thing that's more common in girls than boys is anorexia. Hmm. And that was the only one that they found, too. Yeah, and it, it just kind of makes you wonder if the differences between a boy's brain and a girl's brain could maybe explain some of those clinical differences. Right, because we always know they are different, but still, um, and um, they've done research, too, where they put little boys in rooms, and they're making those vroom sounds. Yeah. And, you know, and little girls are playing with dolls. They're totally different, and um, so it's kind of interesting. You know, one thing I want to get to, because we're talking about teens, and I know that we, with four kids, you know, we find this, too, is how can we react? What's a good reaction to have when parents find that te- teens get emotional? I mean, you know, we've got teenage girls, and... Um, Teenagers respond differently in emotions. I mean, how can a parent respond when their teenagers get emotional um, so they're not blowing out proportion? Because that could happen about 45 times a day. <laughs> oh, a- 
absolutely. You know, been there, done that. Yes. You know, I've, I've raised two through the teen years. And the important thing is to remember that the immature brain leads to impulsivity, um, what researchers call risk-taking behavior. And so sometimes they do things that don't make sense. Um, they, the, you know, the rush of hormones, the spurt of different uh, chemicals of the brain that have to do with maturation mm-hmm. can create a teen that's very emotional. And I think the most important thing that loving parents can do is be the mature, stable one. Mm-hmm. Do not get on that emotional roller coaster with the teen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And I think a lot of times, too, is that we um, forget that they are teens because they may be taller than us or bigger than us. And um, we forget a lot of times that we still have to be a good role model. And mm-hmm. it is hard not to sometimes respond because they do some silly, silly things. Well, of course. But it's really unfair to expect teens to have adult levels of organization skills or decision-making abilities before their brains are finished being built. Right. And it's hard because sometimes uh, I know myself, I started college when I was 16. And so, you know, you, you think that Kids are like that, and they're not. And, or, or a child was, you know, doing something. Another child that you have uh, was doing something before maybe the second child, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, riding a bike or something like that. You know, I noticed, too, that a lot of teens are really wired and alert at nighttime when the kids have sleepovers. Um, they are wired. And I'm exhausted. Why is that? <laughs> you know, I mean, they can be up till 3 in the morning, and I'm pooped at 9. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason that they have found that? There is. It's not that they're being cantankerous or mm-hmm. they're trying to make our household crazy, but mm-hmm. their biological clock or the circadian rhythm, um, it, it's it's different. It, it's kind of it's kind of opposite of ours, and by ours I mean us adults, us parents. But their biological clock kind of shifts forward, creating a forbidden zone mm-hmm. for sleep around nine or ten p.m. So it's kind of propping them up just as they should be feeling sleepy like us. I see. And then later on, as they get a little older and, you know, move into adulthood, then that clock shifts back again. Mm -hmm. And And that's why it's hard for us as adults to stay awake, you know, when our teens are getting wired and more alert. And that's hard, too, is when, you know, you feel like, you know, it's a school night and Mm -hmm. you feel like they, they need to get their rest for school to be all they can be. Um, you know, I've got one child that has six hours of homework every night, and she's up until wow. really And then I've got one that has an hour of homework, and it's just not fair. Um, but do you feel that parents should try to force their teen to go to bed at a, a reasonable hour? Well, I wouldn't use the word force, but I would use the word recommend. I think mm-hmm. it's very important from the sleep research that's been going on that we know teens need a lot of sleep. And a lot of teens, you know, you don't tell them this because they won't believe you or they'll deny it. But teens need as much sleep as toddlers, and so that's about 9 to 10 hours of sleep in a 24-hour period. And by studying alertness, scientists have determined that that teens need more sleep than when they were like elementary age. So it's almost a repeating of the toddler years. Mm -hmm. And so we can't really force anybody to go to sleep because it's an internal thing. But, yeah, we can recommend our kids, you know, hit the bed at, you know, 10 or 11, and even if they don't go to sleep, they can lay in bed and read or maybe listen to soothing music or start doing those rituals to start calming down. Mm -hmm. And that's hard because as they get older, they really want to be independent. They're really trying to separate from parents, and it's it's really hard. And I find, too, uh, we had with one of our children, we had to actually take away her her computer and her cell phone and (laughs) 
um, you know, her iPod and Mm -hmm. put it away because it was keeping her up and her grades were slipping. Mm -hmm. And so every night, you know, at nine o'clock, she drops those off in our bedroom and in the morning she can pick them up. And that was a suggestion that we had because we had never dealt with that with the other children because those weren't around when they were, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I think... my, I was going to say my second daughter has, you know, little electronic gadgets. My first daughter didn't have. Mm-hmm. And so you have to think of that differently, too. Why do teens have such a hard time waking up in the morning? I mean, they don't just pop out of bed in a happy mood. They're just kind of groggy for a while <laughs> <laughs> and grumpy and, you know. Well, actually, um, if we were talking about temperaments, I would say there is an inborn temperament trait will carry through all of life. Some people just are not morning people and they never will be. Mm-hmm. But specifically when you're talking about the teen years and the complexities of being a teenager, many of them just don't have control over what time they wake up. Mm-hmm. Again, their circadian rhythm is kind of changing and that internal body clock is different than what us adults need. And they're not being lazy. They're not being noncompliant. They really have a hard time waking up. And when I'm out speaking to audiences on the brain and the teen and mm-hmm. parent-teen communication, I say, if there's one thing I could change about the American education system, it would be I would start middle and high school around 9 o'clock in the morning instead mm-hmm. of 7 because right. kids would be more awake, alert, and do better. What do you, how do you feel about kids having coffee in the morning and sugar? Do you have any? Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> the caffeine and the sugar aren't good for them, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's hard to have them not mm-hmm. get involved with that when, you know, you got a Starbucks on they're, every corner. They're going to Starbucks, and some of the teachers <laughs> are, actually have signs up, no Starbucks in the classroom, drink your Starbucks. But honestly, sugar, I tell my kids, is like cocaine. I mean, sugar mm-hmm. is so addictive. And it's and in so every cereal. Caffeine. Right, and it has, it's in every cereal. The other day I was with a group of women, and I said, let's all look at our cereal box. We were at a conference. And every cereal, different type of cereal on the table had sugar because some of them said, well, I had Cheerios. And I said, mm, check, check the ingredients. Oh, and please. they were shocked um, at how much. So we're really sending our children off, teens off, with this sugar high. And Absolutely. School, and Have we, you ever looked in children's toothpaste? Oh, I didn't realize that. Sugar. Wow. <laughs> so there's some natural ways out there where you can get them used to using baking soda, which <laughs> they, they may not like you for but, you know, speaking about teens, you know, I find, too, that if I can take the time, and I've done this, is I actually have date nights with my kids, the teenagers, uh-huh. and I actually take one at a time, and we go out to dinner, and we chat, and then we go to a movie they like, and sometimes I have to close my eyes because it's not the kind of, you know, scary or something that I don't like. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty chicken when it comes to movies. Um, but really taking time to listen to them and really look in their eyes, and that oh, means not cute. looking at the people on the table next to you, but really focusing on them. What suggestions do you have that people can communicate better with their teens? Because I know at home we're distracted by every electronic thing, the phone, uh, pets, um, other kids. What do you recommend that parents can do to help with that communication? Wow, I think what you're doing is wonderful. You take them out of the home environment, so you're kind of going to a neutral location, Mm -hmm. neutral environment. And I think that is important because sometimes the home represents heightened emotions Mm -hmm. and conflict. Right. And so what you do by taking them out someplace is putting both of you on a neutral location that doesn't have any negative baggage with it. And then the eye contact is fabulous. And then I think it's important to explain yourself to a child because sometimes they just might misinterpret your voice. They might Mm -hmm. misinterpret your facial cues. and, and, And sometimes they don't realize that love has many faces. Mm-hmm. And when we're frantic or nervous about their safety or where they've been, they could misinterpret that as anger. And, and so 
being open with your teenager and communication because you know you shared yeah. with that with that with me uh, sometime back is that they had done a study can you share about that about how they had done a study and um, asked the, the teens to um, write down the, re, the, the facial expression yeah. of what they meant. Oh, it's fascinating. And listeners can get on the website and look up the teen brain. Let's and... go ahead and let's let's also give your website out right now while we're oh, talking okay. about that, Brenda. It's brendanixon.com, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-I-X-O-N.com. And uh, you can go on there and get some free articles also uh, about parenting your teens too. But, I, you know, it's interesting because... As the teenagers have become more interested in different things, I know for the girls, it's going shopping to the, with, at the mall, you know, mm-hmm. spending the whole day shopping, and I hate shopping, so <laughs> it's really hard for me, uh, and it's a real labor of love to uh-huh. go there. I would rather do anything else other than, you know, shop. Um, and then my son, you know, they're into really, you know, bungee jumping, and they want to do mm-hmm. this and that. Well, that's not exactly what, you know, I'd want to do, but, um, you know, trying to find some neutral ground, I guess, would be the best um, to spend time with your teens. Um but it is hard because they are in interest. They're interested in other things that maybe you don't have any interest at all. Especially sure. being an older parent, yeah. um, I am a little bit more laid back um, and not into you know um, skydiving or uh, you know skateboarding and things like that. That they would be. Do you have any suggestions for parents that are in the same situation? Well, um, I like that you're just laid back and relaxed. I mean, we can we can do a little relaxing in the teen years. If we'd been very involved and established the parent-child relationship and our authority in those early years, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to remember that it is the job of a teen to work on relationships, and right. a healthy, independent teen is going to want to make friends outside of the nuclear family. Right, and I think that is really healthy yeah. too. So parents do need to encourage that kind of relationship building. They need to model relationship building and have their own peer friendships outside of the parents too yeah. we're going to come back we're going to take a quick break here and we come back we're going to talk about more about how teens anticipate and understand consequences and what you can do to help build that relationship with your team we'll be right back On my 18th birthday, I made a decision that would affect me forever. I chose life for my baby. I wasn't ready to be a mom or even to change my dreams of being a singer. Many of my friends offered to help me end my pregnancy. But then I learned about another option that provides a beautiful life for my baby, adoption. I was able to choose my son's parents and even meet them at the hospital. They love him so much and he's an answer to their prayers. I get emails and pictures from them. I even travel to visit my son each year. He has wonderful parents, an awesome life, and a solid future. Everything I wanted for him. And now, I've even moved to Nashville to follow my dreams. I chose life. I chose adoption. Open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family, how much contact you want, and how you want the adoption to happen. To learn more about adoption, call 1-800-923-6784 or visit LifetimeAdoption.com. You can speak with a compassionate counselor confidentially 24 hours a day. Call Lifetime at 1-800-923-6784. Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell today with you on KFIA AM 710. If you've just joined the program, we're sharing with you some tips for parenting teens with Brennan Nixon. Um, before we continue, I want to mention an adoption resource for adoptive parents, a book I wrote, AdoptingOnline.com. I wrote it for hopeful adoptive parents that would like to learn more about how they can start in their adoption. 
how they can save money and time. It's a valuable resource to get you started to a successful adoption. Uh, you can order it online at adoption, adoptingonline.com or any of the local bookstores can order it for you if they don't have it in stock or it's sold out. And also you can order it by calling one 432 to order it now. I want to also mention Brenda is available as a speaker um, to parents and educators on child behavior and development. Uh, and so if your church, women's group, um, is interested in a speaker, she's an excellent speaker, you can visit her website at brendanixon.com. And also she has offered um, some wonderful free articles um, regarding parenting, parenting teens that you can uh, print off, download at her site too. Brenda, before we left, we were talking a little bit about, you know, um, spending time with your teens and things mm-hmm. like that. And, and one of the things I wanted to, to ask you about was, you know, um, we talked about miscommunication and why teens do that. We've seen a lot in the news about teen suicide, acts of violence, mm-hmm. and, and sh- you know, uh, depression in, in teens. Do you think that is increasing, and, and why? Well, it's either increasing or the diagnosis is, is increasing. But a lot of scientists really subscribe to the the opinion that an early onset of depression in children and mm-hmm. teens is becoming more increasingly uh, common because of the stresses of the high divorce rate, mm-hmm. rising academic expectations, and, and social pressures among teens. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, in some instances, just pushing them over the edge. Mm-hmm. And we live in such a high-paced, fast society, and a lot of teens come home and there's no mom or dad there. You know, they're mm-hmm. out working and and Teens really need that adult presence, and mm-hmm. I encourage parents, if at all possible, take your lunch hour from work and, you know, go sit with your kid mm-hmm. at school. Or, or, or telecommunicate. You know, more more yeah. companies are allowing that to happen. I think yeah. it's crucial. Yeah, you know, if you got to work, fine, but try to adjust so that you give your kid every free moment you have mm-hmm. or, you know, you go eat lunch with them or go on field trips mm-hmm. if you have a day off work. You know, try to spend time mm-hmm. to be that adult presence with And, you know, child. that's really important. And something else you just mentioned, you know, a lot of times when you want to spend time with your kids, and I've taken off days and they go, I want to be with my friends instead, uh-huh. is you can, you know, can you go along if, you know, to, for a ride or uh-huh. offer, uh, we bribe them with food. You know, we're going to go over <laughs> to a favorite restaurant. It's like, oh, I'll do that because I want... Or if they're doing some chores to go out and do parallel working together. So if, uh-huh. you know, if they're mowing the lawn, you're going to go out and do some raking. And I find that sometimes they're more willing to open up when you're, you know, doing that parallel working together side by side. That is such a perfect example. Yeah, and yeah. it happened just last week with my daughter. I have an 18-year-old, and, and like, the weather was unseasonably nice and sunny. And my husband and I were out working in the yard, and I said, Laura, you need to come out and help us, you know, weed the garden and, mm-hmm. you know, get old leaves and stuff. And, of course, you know, she hemmed and hauled and didn't want to do right. it, as any normal teen doesn't. Mm-hmm. But... She came outside, and while her and I were doing this parallel work in the garden and cleaning out leaves and sticks and, um, you know, kind of beautifying our garden for the spring, we started talking, and she did start opening up. And I'm telling you, there's therapy of getting your hands involved. Right. And, they, you know, that's called a tactile stimulation. And when you get mm-hmm. your hands involved and your hands are moving and touching things and, mm-hmm. the, and the, you know, the warm brown earth and mm-hmm. everything, you just start to relax, and you right. do start to open up. I think that's really important. So that's one way you can do it, too. You know, getting back to the depression, are there some signs that we can look for as parents um, that indicate depression in your teen? Because a lot of people don't know. I see this with, with birth grandparents that don't know their teens are even pregnant. Yeah, And yeah. They, they, they're living with them side by side, and all of a sudden she's in labor, and they're clueless. I mean, what can we do when we see depression or see other signs that we just may not indicate? Yeah, anything? well... Some people say, you know, that this hormonal 
surge in puberty, mm-hmm. you know, can affect moods and that, that combined with changes in the brain structure right. together. Those two things could maybe play a role. But some signs that I want to share with the listeners is, and everything I list, you know, you're going to say, oh, check, 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 my kid does mm-hmm. that. But I'm not talking about a day or two. But if over a period of more than a few weeks mm-hmm. you see a complaint of vague symptoms, you know, like a headache or a stomach ache, you don't know where it's coming from, you know, just, you know, frequent complaints of, of physical problems. Or you see school absences or a drop in grades that wasn't there a month or two ago. Or mm-hmm. you see frequent bouts of shouting and crying. Mm-hmm. Or a loss, to, a loss of interest in the friends. Mm-hmm. You know, if they've been best friends for two years and then in the last month, they lose interest in making any friends and returning phone calls, or if you see a reckless behavior that wasn't present. And, again, mm-hmm. this is something that goes on for several weeks because, right. you know, every teenager once in a while is going to do some reckless Right, and behavior. you're going to have a little bit more with children coming out of foster care. Yeah, you know, exactly. You're going to have that. I know that you have some great tips, five, and we've got just a little bit longer in the program here, but I want you to share those five tips for getting along better with our teens because I think these are important for us to to really apply in our life, and whether you're grandparents, foster parents, adopted parents, or biological parents, what are those those five tips that you feel that you've seen that really help us get along better with our teens? Well, the first one I would uh, offer up to parents is to really understand. Don't don't try to fight with your teen if your teen is awake and alert when you're sleepy. Mm-hmm. Understand that it's a temporary thing because the circadian rhythm mm-hmm. is changed and there was a situation just a couple weeks ago where my husband and I were going to bed and my 18 year old come breezing in from babysitting and she changed her clothes and run back out again and it's mm-hmm. like 11 o'clock at night wow. <laughs> and it's like where did she get that energy mm-hmm. but you see it's temporary and we we respect mm-hmm. the friends she's chosen mm-hmm. we feel safe with her choice of friends, and so we can comfortably let her go out and do that. So understanding would be the first one. Absolutely. The second one is to teach lifetime lessons. And by that I mean teach a child something that they'll use beyond the teen years, such as you do need to sleep in a dark, cool room. Research shows you will rest better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Teach a child that darkness triggers the production of melatonin, which is your sleep hormone. So even though they're not going to probably take your advice and implement these tips now, you are teaching them a lifetime self-care lesson. Or later on, exactly. And three. Three, don't express disappointment. Okay. <laughs> but rather teach kids to write out lists to help them remember because kids are going to be scatterbrained. They're going to forget. And if we get into a fight over it or if we label them as, you know, Scatter brain Sally or, you know, forgetful Sam. Sometimes they live up to the labels we give them. So just teach them, rather than getting in an argument, teach them how to be more organized by Mm -hmm. writing out lists. Mm -hmm. And like I say to my daughter, let your eyes see what you need to do. That's good. And how about number four? Remember that the hormonal surges, and, and it happens both in boys and girls, affects their mood. Okay, and how about number five? So we need to be stable. And number five is don't give up. You know, teens mm-hmm. are influenced by their peers, but research shows that the home and parents still have a major influence. And that is so, so very key, too. Brenda, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the show and sharing. I'm going to share again your website. It's brendanixon.com, brendanixon.com. And you can go on her site and get some free articles regarding parenting and regarding teens.